Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish is upset. Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Everyone right here. Championship for Notre Dame! Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame, 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com. The free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now, here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. And we welcome you to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app. Also, a video stream of our studio on the Twitch app. My name is Darren Pritchett. Thank you so much for joining me here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT on this Tuesday, March the 14th of 2023. As we start the show, the NFL Network is reporting that the Colts have traded cornerback Stephon Gilmore to the Dallas Cowboys for a 2023 fifth-round pick. So the Colts at least have done something over the last two days with free agency underway. So Gilmore, veteran corner to the Cowboys for a fifth-round pick. Nine minutes after 5 o'clock, we have a shortened edition of Sports Beat tonight. I'll be with you until 6.30. At 6.30, we head to Westwood One's coverage of March Madness, the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament, which will be on our airwaves a ton over the next week. We've got the two first four games for you tonight here on WSBT Radio. We begin with the pregame coverage from Westwood One at 6.30, and then we start the first four matchups at 6.40. It is Texas A&M Corpus Christi taking on Southeast Missouri State, or SEMO as they're called down around that area in Missouri. That'll be the first matchup with the winner getting Alabama. And the round of 64 on Thursday. Then at 9-10, we've got Power 5 programs going toe-to-toe. The 11 seeds, the Pittsburgh Panthers out of the ACC, taking on the SEC's Mississippi State Bulldogs. The winner of that play-in game will take on the six-seed Iowa State on Thursday. Again, both games 
right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Purdue will find out their opponent tomorrow when the second batch of first four games take place as the Boilermakers will face either Fairleigh Dickinson or Texas Southern. We will have all-day coverage of the first round Thursday and Friday here on WSBT Radio. That means no Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Thursday and Friday. And then the second round, of course, all the action here on WSBT Radio Saturday and Sunday. We take a few days off, and then we get to the Sweet 16 just like that a week from Thursday. So, again, no sports beat on Thursday and Friday due to our coverage of the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. Purdue, Indiana, Michigan State all play on Friday. You've got the Spartans taking on USC at 12-15. you got the Boilermakers in their matchup at 6-50. And the last game of the first round, it's the Indiana Ball Club taking on Kent State in a very interesting four versus 13 matchup. Kent State's got some old guards. They defend. Hmm. Interesting matchup, to say the least. Well, I will do my part in attempting to screw up your bracket as coming up in about, oh, 30 minutes or so, I am going to attempt to pick the brackets in the West and the Midwest. The West bracket is where Kansas is the number one seed. And you've got also the Midwest bracket, which is where Houston is number one and Indiana is number four. So I'll do my best to screw up your bracket coming up with those picks in about a half an hour. In the 6 o'clock hour, Notre Dame football recruiting news. Mike Singer, the recruiting insider from Blue and Gold Illustrated, he's going to stop by. And one of the things I want to ask him about is that 2023 quarterback recruit and commitment, C.J. Carr, he's been very quiet ever since Tommy Reese went to Alabama. He had a statement about Reese, and he still committed to Notre Dame a couple of weeks ago, but since a new quarterback coach and offensive coordinator has been named, he has kind of sidestepped any questions about Notre Dame. What does this all mean? Is this a big deal? Does this mean nothing at all? We'll ask Mike about that coming up in just about an hour from right now here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. As we start each program, we've got our hat trick of opening topics, three topics to get the conversation started here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Let's begin with a tweet that was put out about four or five hours ago, and it's from Dick Weiss, a longtime columnist for the New York Daily News. I don't know if he knows anything, if he was throwing darts at the dartboard, but here's what he put out on Twitter. Notre Dame reportedly zeroing in on Chris Holtman of Ohio State as its new coach. Principled guy who can coach, led teams to seven straight tournaments before blip this season. End quote. So that's Weiss. In regard to the Notre Dame basketball coaching search, and he believes that Notre Dame is, in his words, zeroing in on Chris Holtman. Now, I have no idea if Weiss was at the event, but there was an event that some Notre Dame people were at last night in New York City. Marcus Freeman was the featured speaker. 
I know Mr. Mendoza was there. He tweeted about meeting Marcus's wife last night. So I don't know if there's any tie-in in this conversation or where he got it from. But let's talk our way through this for a second. First off, Chris Holtman is a terrific basketball coach. Butler, Ohio State. If that was a guy that Notre Dame was interested in, I would be interested in listening to more about it. But I don't know what Weiss knows. Is he just throwing something out there? Does he know something? I don't know. But based on that tweet, Clay Hall, who is the sports director at ABC6 in Columbus, an hour later on Twitter, had gotten in touch with Holtman about this tweet. And Hall said in his tweet that Holtman told him, quote, I stand by my previous comment on this, end quote. Well, his previous comment occurred recently because at Ohio State, I think there is a small portion of the fan base that put Holtman on the hot seat for what was a very strange Ohio State season going 16-19. and 19. Now, Ohio State AD Gene Smith, Notre Dame grad, recently said Holtman, quote, is our coach of the future, end quote. Holtman, when asked recently if he wants to return to Ohio State, this is what he said, quote, yes, absolutely, I love it here. I love it here. And Gene and I have been very open about our plan in terms of moving forward and what our plan was after last year with somewhat of a rebuilt roster, what that was going to look like, how young we are going to be, our commitment to playing young guys, to backing it up with another young class, end quote. Now, late in the year, Ohio State went with their freshman class in the starting lineup. It all began with the game against Illinois, and they played a terrific game against the Illini, And that kind of started a run for Ohio State. They carry that over into a terrific run in the Big Ten tournament before getting knocked off in the semis by Purdue. Now let's just pretend we are Chris Holtman for a second. I have no idea if he has a dream of being the Notre Dame basketball coach or if he wants out of Ohio State. Let's forget all that because we don't know. Let's go with what we know. Here's what Chris Holtman has working at Ohio State. The 2022 class was ranked 8th nationally. As I just stated, four of the players from that class started late in the year and things got a whole lot better for Holtman and the Buckeyes. On top of that, the 2023 class that he assigned, it's a four-man class and they are ranked number six in the country with three of the four players ranked as top 50 players in the nation. So that's the Ohio State roster that Chris Holtman is currently building in Columbus. If, and let me say it again, if he was interested in Notre Dame, shall I go through the roster we currently have here in South Bend? This just in, nothing I just said qualifies with the Notre Dame basketball program. They don't have those recruiting classes coming in. They just lost their best player. If you didn't hear my sports update, J.J. Starling, 
11 points per game as a freshman last year, a top 20 recruit in the nation last season that Mike Bray got to South Bend. He went into the transfer portal yesterday, and this afternoon he announced he's going to Syracuse. Now he's a New York native going upstate to play for Syracuse, but that didn't take long. So your best player on paper is now playing for Syracuse. I think we all agree that getting in the transfers to Notre Dame is going to be more of a challenge than you see other programs rebuild quickly. This is going to be a process. This is going to be a couple of years in the works of rebuilding this Notre Dame basketball program. I mean, it is at the bottom of the pond right now, and it's got to be taken out, cleaned off, and restarted. So if you're Chris Holtman, unless you are just dying to be the Notre Dame basketball coach, you've built these great two classes back-to-back with success late last year with those four freshmen starting, and you're going to leave all that to have to reignite and restart the Notre Dame basketball program? On top of that, is Notre Dame willing to pay top dollar to get a guy like Chris Holtman to come in? There's a lot of questions here. I'm just trying to show you if Holtman wants to come, fantastic, but it's awfully hard to leave that job. The resources he's got at Ohio State, I'm sure the pay is well-deserved, getting what he deserves at Ohio State. It's just hard to imagine you're going to leave that for Notre Dame in its current state. Now, if you're talking about last year with everybody coming back and Starling coming in, maybe the job looks a little more attractive. But right now, I'm not sure a coach that has built something where he is at a major program is going to want to leave that to come here. That's why I've kind of felt like with the roster the way it is, unless it's someone that just has dreamt of being the Notre Dame basketball coach, you're probably going to get maybe a younger guy to come in. I would love Micah Shrewsbury of Penn State, but I think the price went up on Shrewsbury the last week with the way Penn State showed off in the Big Ten tournament. I wish I knew what the budget was for Notre Dame basketball head coach. That would help us figure out who's realistic and who is not realistic. I just want to bring up the Holtman story. I don't know if I necessarily buy it. And after doing a little research on the Ohio State program, boy, unless you really want to come here, that's a great situation to leave to have to start all over with this particular basketball program. Hat trick of opening topics number two today. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. He said he wasn't going to let things drag out. Well, here we are. Day two of free agent frenzy, and he still has not reportedly made up his mind on his trade to the New York Jets. But it sounds like he's leaning toward joining the Jets because today we found out, according to ESPN, he has provided the Jets a wish list of players to pursue or acquire. It's like his old buddies. Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, both wide receivers for the Packers, and 38-year-old tight end, he just keeps going, Mercedes Lewis. Oh, and by the way, according to ESPN, there was one other player that Aaron would like to bring to New York with him. His quote-unquote good friend, Odell Beckham Jr. New York City 
combined with the drama of Odell and Aaron, I'm not sure even New York City is big enough for those two. Are you kidding me? I mean, Aaron can't be simple with anything. Everything is so dramatic, and I think he loves it. I think he just enjoys being the center of attention. Now, the Jets already have the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year from last year, Garrett Wilson, the receiver out of Ohio State, so I wouldn't necessarily kick him to the curb. But Lazard, sounds like according to the NFL Network, the Jets have been in contact with Lazard in the last 24 hours. He's a free agent. Randall Cobb's a free agent. So here's the thing. You get Aaron Rodgers, a Hall of Fame quarterback, in the tail end of his career, and he's got to have partial control of the situation. If you're okay with that, then bring him aboard. If you're not, don't even think about it. And I think the Jets are at the point. They are willing to go ahead and deal with all the stuff that comes with Aaron Rodgers because reportedly they've got a deal done, but we're waiting to find out if Aaron is ready to become a New York Jet just like Fred Favre did many moons ago. And by the way, interesting trade in the NFL today. The Raiders ship tight end Darren Waller to the Giants for a third-round pick, pick number 100 overall. That's the pick the Giants got in the trade with the Chiefs earlier this year for wide receiver Kadarius Toney. Waller is a hauler. I mean, this guy's 6'6". He's 30 years old. Last two years he's been banged up, has not made it through two full seasons. But before that, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons in 19 and 20. As a Bronco fan, I'm glad he's out of our division. He is a handful when he's healthy. He's right up there with the best of the best tight ends in the National Football League. And our third and final hat trick of opening topics tonight. I just want to take a second to say this. And I'm speaking for all of the Mishawaka High School boys basketball parents. Thank you to the fans, the student section, the band, the administration, our coaching staff for what they did to make this season so very special. A 20-7 campaign for the Cavemen, one win shy of tying the school record, won the program's first sectional title since 1986, almost got their first regional title since 1955. Can't say enough for the seniors like Arthur Jones, Maddox Yoey, Ace Troyer, Strong voices and a big part of the heartbeat of this basketball team helping to put Mishawaka basketball back on the map. And for the group coming back, you've got four basically starters returning who are two, three, four, and five on the team in scoring. Brady Fisher, Rasan Johnson, Cooper Pritchett, Jackson Snyder. Why not shoot for bigger and better things next year? And thanks to Athletic Director Dean Huppert and the school board for allowing Bodie Bender to become our new head coach an absolute gem, a steal. Carol lost a great, great basketball coach, and we are the beneficiary of Bodie coming back home to the area to be the Mishawaka basketball coach, and we cannot thank him and the coaching staff enough. 525 is our time. That's our hat trick of opening topics. Twitter question of the day is coming up in just a moment. We'll pick some brackets and also Mike Singer talking C.J. Carr and other Notre Dame football recruiting news in about 35 minutes on Sports Radio 960. WSBT, your home of the Fighting Irish and this week's NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament.
leading off on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Don't you guys go anywhere. Plan to put on a hitting display. The center fielder. That boy is good. Number nine. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. A West League champion. Adios! Walk-off home run! Eloy Jimenez! Who prefers to cheer for the birds on a bat. Adios! Goodbye! And maybe that's a winner! Here's Darren Pritchett. 531 at WSBT, and make sure you check out WSBTradio.com today or tomorrow because, as you know, it's tournament time and the Mayhem is back. Basketball Mayhem, get ready to create your brackets today or tomorrow. And if you pull off the perfect bracket, you'll have the chance to win $1 million. Submit your bracket today or tomorrow at WSBTradio.com. Basketball Mayhem 2023 and your chance to win $1 million is brought to you by Cottage Inn Pizza of Niles, Michigan. Check out their new loyalty rewards program and app for easy ordering at cottageinn.com. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 28 minutes in front of 6 o'clock. Our Twitter question of the day. You can vote on it daily on my Twitter account at 960Sportsbeat. On yesterday's program, I asked you a follow-up question to one I asked a couple of weeks ago. And it was, which of these teams will have the best run in the respective NCAA basketball tournament. Now, when we asked this a couple of weeks ago, the Indiana women won the vote. So here is the question again. Now that we know their pass in the tournament, which team from the state of Indiana will have the best run in the tournament? Your four choices, the Purdue men, who are a number one seed. The Indiana men, a number four seed. The Indiana women, a number one seed. And the Fighting Irish women's basketball team, a number three seed. We have tabulated the votes, and here is how you voted. Coming in a distant fourth place, getting just 4.7% of the vote, the Indiana Ball Club. The Hoosiers only getting 4.7% of the vote. They could be gone after night one with good old Kent State waiting there. Drake or Miami in round two. And then if they get there, possibly the Houston Cougars in the Sweet 16. Third place in the voting, getting 15.6% of the vote. Niel Ivey's Fighting Irish. And they're probably hurt in the vote because we just don't know if star guard Olivia Miles will play this week. Supposedly, she's going back to the doctor and we'll know more later in the week. Well, they play on Friday against Southern Utah. So a lot of people staying away from the Irish, getting 15.6% of the vote. Second place in the voting, a number one seed. And they still don't know their opponent in the round of 64. The Purdue Boilermaker men's basketball team, 28.1% of the vote. 
The Boilermakers, after they beat whomever they're going to face in the round of 64, tricky round of 32 games against either Memphis or Florida Atlantic, Duke or Tennessee possibly in the Sweet 16. Heck, don't forget about Oral Roberts. They are sneaky good. And then down the line, bottom part of the bracket, Kentucky, Kansas State, Marquette. Purdue got 28.1% of the vote. And you believe the team that will have the best run in the tournament now that you know the path. It is the number one seed in the women's draw, the Indiana Hoosiers, who play just a beautiful form of basketball. So much fun to watch. Just technically so solid. They got 51.6% of the vote. Indiana will attempt to get to the Final Four for the first time in program history. I don't know if you noticed this, but the women's tournament is trying something totally different. Instead of four locations for the four different regionals, this year there's only two, what, Greenville and Seattle? So very interesting trying to put more teams in the same location. I guess the thought is to create another Final Four type atmosphere in the regional rounds. We'll see if that works or not. We thank you for the vote. Greatly appreciate it. Indiana women, you believe, will have the best run of the teams from the Hoosier State. So to today's question, which was posted a little bit ago on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat, which NCAA men's basketball tournament number one seed will lose first? Which NCAA men's basketball tournament number one seed will lose first? The choices are obvious. The Alabama Crimson Tide, the number one overall seed in the tournament. What about the Houston Cougars? The Purdue Boilermakers or the defending champion Kansas Jayhawks? Which of those four number one seed goes home first? Bama, Houston, Purdue, or Kansas? I would love for you to vote on my Twitter account at 960-SPORTSBEAT. And thank you in advance. Sports Beat tonight brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Sports fans, this Bud's for you. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger. Now with three locations to serve you, Barnaby's the family inn. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. And by Pet Refuge urging you to adopt don't shop where new beginnings have happy endings coming up next as i mentioned earlier i will attempt to ruin your bracket by making my picks for the ncaa men's basketball tournament in the west and the midwest regionals those picks are coming up and again at 605 mike singer talks notre dame football recruiting including his take on quarterback commit C.J. Carr being eerily quiet recently. That conversation coming up before we sign off at 6.30 for the NCAA basketball first four games in Dayton. Both games tonight on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. WSBTradio.com the WSBT radio app and on Twitch as Darren Pritchett talks Notre Dame football recruiting with Blue and Gold Illustrated insider 
Mike Singer. Well, Notre Dame football recruiting never sleeps, even though we have, what, brackets to worry about this week. We've got NFL free agency. We've got the transfer portal opening up for college basketball. What a weird week for that to happen. But we still have Notre Dame football recruiting to talk about with Mike Singer, the Notre Dame football recruiting insider at Blue and Gold Illustrated. Check out his work at blueandgold.com. I'm Darren Pritchett. We're live on Sportsbeat. And also, you can watch Mike and I talk about Notre Dame football recruiting on the Blue and Gold YouTube channel. Well, Mike, let's begin this recruiting update by going back a couple of days and recap the news involving a member of the class of 2023 that signed on December the 21st, and that is Brendan Hillman. He announced on social media he had been released from his national letter of intent, so the class goes from 24 players to 23 players. Not something that happens a lot, but we do hear it from time to time. And you know what, Mike? Sometimes things happen in people's lives. I have no idea what it is for Brendan. It's none of my business. But this is a guy that I know you really found very interesting, a kid that started out with a offer from Norfolk State and ended up signing with Notre Dame. Yeah, not ideal news. And uh, I think that the Notre Dame staff is uh, pretty unhappy that they're not going to have Hillman on the football field for years to come. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, he was uh, ended up being a big-time prospect after being a uh, little-time little prospect. Uh, the offset a big time, little time, <laughs> but like, yeah, just going into the senior season when we had Norfolk State, like you mentioned, then you know, tape gets out there of him at different positions, then he blows up. Um, you know, in his uh, tweet where he announced the news, he did ask for privacy, um, you know, about it, and um, you know, it's kind of funny as posting on social media, but also asking for privacy. But he's got to put out the news, you know, so that other schools know about this. That's kind of a big part of him being able to get recruited again in like Ohio state, Michigan, you know, just tons of schools at USC, I believe Georgia have all offered him since he got his release from Notre Dame. Um, so yeah, Darren, I mean, at the end of the day, it didn't work out for him in Notre Dame. I'm sure people listening and, and watching this, if you've already heard about the news, you have your suspicions about why, you know, Notre Dame is, uh, it's just different yeah. than, you know, a lot of, a lot of other institutions and, you know, he has other high academic schools now offer after him. Um, but, you know, Notre Dame, again, just is a, is a little bit different. Hellman's a fantastic young man. He is going to do fine at whatever school he lands at, you know, wish him the best of luck, but, you know, just scratching your head that this one didn't work out for the Irish. You know, Brandon looked like a, an intriguing prospect at the safety position. There are still, Two other safeties in the class, but Mike, I guess you look big picture. I mean, they're not going to absolutely panic with Hillman gone, but you lose anybody at safety, it feels like it's it's a major loss because it's a position that's kind of redefining itself right now. Yeah, I mean, I think with or without Hillman, Notre Dame's safety spot, um, you know, kind of the future is kind of shaky. Hillman, I mean, he had talks to the coaching staff about coming out and or you know him coming in and, and trying quarterback. I mean, that's his primary position, high school. So it's not like he was a penciled-in safety guy. I mean, he could have – I think Al Golden talked about on signing day him potentially playing Rover, um, that Golden loved him as, as a linebacker. So there, it's, it's not to say that he was just coming in as a safety. Um, you bring in a Don Schuler, an All-American, Ben Minnick, uh, you know, one of the fastest players um, 
in the state of Ohio, if not the fastest guy, you know, he's a total track star, um, you know, as a prep. But, uh, you know, I think that, you know, looking forward, we need some of these young guys to step up. And then also do you look at um, like a Ryan Barnes when he was, when he signed to Notre Dame in the 2021 class to talk about him was that hey, he's, he's the versatile players to play corner or safety. Do we see him move over to safety to kind of bolster those numbers? Xavier Watts, Ramon Henderson, guys that have been in the program for what is this going on to their seniors now, Darren? Are they seniors? Yeah. They're in the 2020 class. It's crazy. It's my first full class cover in Notre Dame and, or uh, I came in halfway through the recruiting cycle, actually, when I joined Blue and Gold. But, um, yeah, they're already seniors, so those guys definitely need to step up. He's Mike Singer. I'm Darren Pritchett. Our Notre Dame football recruiting update on Sportsbeat and the Blue and Gold YouTube channel. Let's change gears for a moment, Mike. Let's talk about Aaron Childs. He has set a visit date. Yeah, this is a pretty uh, nice development here for Notre Dame. Considered a Michigan lean um, per the recruiting prediction machine. Uh, but, uh, I mean, when you're talking about taking four official visits, kind of anyone's guess at this point. He's listed as a linebacker. This one's interesting, Darren. Okay. He said recently in an interview that he had been talking a lot with Coach Freeman and Coach Al. I don't know if that's Al Golden or Al Washington. Could be both. <laughs> both have been recruiting him. But I, I, I want to say that Notre Dame's looking at him more as a viper, um, but the guy's just what I call a defensive athlete in the front seven. Like, he can kind of do anything. Like, he can rush the passer. He can play linebacker. Um, and yeah, his four official visit dates that he's got locked in Clemson, June 3rd, Florida, June 10th, Notre Dame, June 17th, and then Michigan, um, the following weekend, um, you know, at the end of June. And again, this is a player who can kind of play anywhere. And he's got a big time teammate, uh, Darion Mayo, who I, I believe is, he's another one of those Viper kind of guys for the Irish that they're targeting. Mayo's visiting April 1st, so Notre Dame would absolutely love to go into good counsel and land both of these guys. It's a school that Notre Dame needs to regularly land players from. Um, you know, Cam Hart's the last player Notre Dame landed from good counsel in, in you know, only Maryland. It's just one of the top programs each year. No, like, when you look at Damascus Catholic, good counsel, some of those schools – you know, in the Washington, you know, for our radius of D.C., some of those top Catholic schools, Notre Dame needs to land some of these guys. Hmm. Well, I just talked to your colleague, Tyler Horka, last week about this year's Notre Dame defense, and I thought he made an interesting comment that it's a defense right now that's looking for a new identity. You've had some great players come through and Kyle Hamilton, Isaiah Foskey. Now they're trying to redevelop who they are, and my big question is, Who's going to be able to get after the quarterback the next couple of years? And there's maybe someone that fits into the equation that could help the Irish down the line getting after the quarterback because after watching your video on the YouTube channel, he definitely comes off the edge ferociously. Here's a name to throw at you right. as a player who could surprise this season. Aiden Gobira, going into his sophomore year, redshirted this past year, came in, you know, he was a light guy. Like when I saw him at the All-American Bowl, on uh, January 2022, you know, I don't know, 230 pounds soaking wet, something like that. I think a year in the program for him, he might be a sneaky contender um, as a breakout player on Notre Dame's defense. Just remember that name, Aiden Gobira, ironically from like an hour radius of Washington, D.C., from uh, I think it's Chant Chantilly, Virginia. Um, yeah, Gobira, 
definitely going to be a guy to watch. Okay, I'll jot down that name. Let's move along to C.J. Carr, the Irish quarterback commit in this particular class. It's been, at least from my standpoint, as an observer of recruiting, you do it for a living, of course, he's been kind of quiet since Tommy Reese moved on, which it seemed like he had a good relationship with Tommy. And now the new offensive coordinator has been announced in Jared Parker. Is there anything to report on how CJ's doing right now? Yeah, look, I wanted to get on here and let's, let's just talk about CJ Carr. Here's the kind of the timeline. The Reese news breaks. You know, I'm sure tons of media, myself included, were contacting Carr. He doesn't. He's not really responsive. He doesn't want to talk about it. It's his right. Like. Sure. I'm sure when that Reese news broke, there was probably 20 reporters contacting him for a comment, as well as like 60 college coaches, <laughs> uh, you know, any power five program or group of five, even that still needs a 2024 quarterback. I'm sure it was contacting Carr. On three director of recruiting, Chad Simmons got to see Carr. Um, I think maybe a week or two after the Reese news to Alabama broke. Um, and Carr says, Hey, I'm hundred percent with Notre Dame. This is not going to change anything. Now, you fast forward to the Parker Gadouli news, Carr really hasn't said anything since. I think that he's kind of taken a step back, not from his commitment. I 1,000% believe that like, he's, like, he's committed. I mean, he still has his social media. But he hasn't, like, he, had, he did an interview with on three Sam Spiegelman over the weekend, also at a 7-7 tournament, um, and didn't really say anything to give you the warm and fuzzies that he's 1,000% locked in or to make you think that he's mm. decommitting tomorrow. Like, so it's kind of, I think, like I, I, all of us would, you have this big change. There, you don't need to rush to any conclusions one way or the other. Like, just kind of just chill, wait it out a little bit. You know, when he's posting on social media these days, that's really just about his 7-on-17 seven seven or his high school team. He's not, you know, super pro Notre Dame, but there's nothing, like, negative. So it's kind of status quo just in terms of we we got to wait and see. So that's where things are at. Now, if you're going to ask me for my opinion and kind of what I'm hearing behind the scenes, Darren, this is going to be fine. He's got to get up to campus. Um, that will happen, I'm sure, this spring. Might not happen in March, but in April. Carr will get to Notre Dame. C.J. Carr is a football junkie, Darren. The guy just lives and breathes football. I think if he sits down with Gino Gadula and Jared Parker, they sell him on the offense and his future. It'll be just fine. Carr's a Notre Dame kid. I don't see him going anywhere else, and I think it's going to be fine at the end of the day. But it's still going to take some work by Notre Dame to get to that point. So from my observer chair, from what you just said, it feels like that he could have just said to that last reporter, you know what, I'm a Notre Dame commit, looking forward to visiting with them, and that might have cooled all the possible tension. He didn't say anything wrong, but he didn't go out of his way to – Go back to his normal line, I guess, that he normally talks about yeah. with Notre Dame, right? Yeah, and I want to say this, Darren. It's, I mean, this is my profession, right? This is what I do for a living. And, and we're, you know, dissecting these words, words. of, <laughs> you know, 17, 16, 17-year-old. Like, I think we all need to just take a step back. Like, it's obviously important. I mean, college football is a big business. Recruiting is a big business. But still, these are children, and we need to, like, try to not, you know, live and die on, on each word. Let's just, yeah, let's just all just take a deep breath, 
see where things go, you know, let, let Carr, you know, be a kid, let him figure this out. And, uh, yeah, I, I, from an Oregon perspective, Darren, I do think it'll work out just fine. And you know what? As many times as he has come to South Bend, I'm sure there'll be a couple of trips during spring practice where he'll have those opportunities to visit. Yeah, I think so, too. Okay. Mike Singer, Darren Pritchett with you. Notre Dame football recruiting update here on Sportsbeat and the Blue and Gold YouTube channel. So let's talk about spring practice for a moment. We're just right around the corner from the start of spring practice. As we record this, it's eight days away. So among the Notre Dame football early enrollees that are on the offensive side of the football, are there a couple of players that you feel like Irish fans should watch closely during spring practice? I got three. Okay. And they all play the same position. <laughs> yeah. It's no secret how excited I am about these receivers at Notre Dame. I feel like, look, the 2021 class was really good at receiver with Styles, Colsey, and Jaden Thomas. To me, this feels like a little, like a, like a, like a decent step up. I think the world of Jaden Greathouse, I think that he is going to be um, a freshman contributor for Notre Dame. You know, maybe he's not going over 1,000 yards at 10 touchdowns. Who does? But I, I think he could have a few hundred receiving yards, you know, catch a couple touchdowns. Like, this is a player who, I mean, it, it, he's as ready-made as they come there. And, I mean, what he did at the high school level, he had Cade Klubnik as his quarterback, who's, you know, the Clemson guy now, but he's fantastic. So he had a really good quarterback on the football. But if you are going to be, you know, have, have a fantastic quarterback, what should you expect to do is absolutely dominate. And that's what Greathouse did for four years at Austin Westlake. Um, fantastic talent, big body, 6'2", 220 pounds around that area. And uh, I, I expect him to be a guy who can play right away in the boundary field slot. Like he can kind of do anything. Jaden Greathouse is a big time talent. Braylon James, I think might have the highest ceiling of the group. And he is just – his raw ability might be the best, but I think he needs to clean some things up. Like, you know, at the Under Armour All-American game practices, he's you know, a little bit of the drops. Um, you know, routes could, you know, use a little bit of work. Um, but overall, I think he's got the highest ceiling of the group. And then Rico Flores is somewhere in the middle of both of those guys. Like, he's got the ready-made talent, but um, I think this guy's the limit for this kid too. And he's another one who I think could play in the slot probably better more well suited for it than uh, great house because he's a little bit more shifty but you talk about rico flores and the schools that were after him alabama ohio state georgia braylon james was a uh, basically a, he was headed to stanford before chancey stuckey got hired um and uh, made a big impact in that recruitment he james had a really long offer list texas lsu and a bunch of other schools and then Jaden Greathouse's whole family is Texas fans. Hmm. And, you know, Texas is just down the road. So Notre Dame beat out, you know, Oklahoma, Texas, South Carolina, along with, you know, that was the final four along with Notre Dame. So some big recruiting wins, Darren. These guys are all on campus. They're early enrollees, and they're ready to go. And just because in past years freshmen have not gotten on the field much at wide receiver doesn't mean that will be the case with this group. Last time I checked, you get on the field because you've earned it in practice. And if one of these guys performs in practice, Mike, they're going to be out there on the football field because last time I checked, coaches are going to put the best players out there that gave them a chance to win, regardless of position or how old they are. I Look, I know Dell Alexander's not a fan favorite, but just think about like the 2020 season when everyone was just losing their minds that Jordan Johnson was not playing. Yes. Yeah. 
And it turns out that it's because he wasn't ready and maybe wasn't as good as the other receivers. He's done I, – I don't think he's done anything at UCF. Hope for the best for Jordan Johnson. Um, I have saw him in person two or three times and thought he was an outstanding talent, but clearly just has not worked out um, for him at the college football level. And, I mean, that was a big, big deal a couple of years ago, Darren, was – why isn't Brian Kelly playing these freshman wide receivers? And it's like, it, it's kind of worked out. You know, like I, I mean, Lorenzo Styles and Deion Colsey, I mean, played sparingly as freshmen. These guys need to come along and, and learn and develop. And, you know, Styles hasn't progressed like we would hope. But Colsey had a really solid season last year. Jaden Thomas, yeah. like, these things just take a little time. Um, but, like, Styles, I did thought, I, I did think coming in that he was a, a ready-made guy, but for Great House and Flores, to me, it's a, it's a different level of just how you know, when you look at their football smarts, their talent, their experience at a high level. I think they're ready to play right now. All right, Mike, what type of offers do you have for Irish fans to join the Blue and Gold family on the eve of the start of Notre Dame spring practice? Yeah, join uh, for twenty nine ninety nine, unlock premium access until the start of the football season. That's all the recruiting coverage. It's really going to ramp up here. Friday's pot of gold day, Darren. We will recap that next Tuesday. All the new offers that go out, including the few quarterback offers I'm expecting. Uh, lots of visits coming up this week as spring breaks and the staff is is out. Um, but next week you're going to have lots of visitors. Uh, the, t- the weekend of the 25th is going to be absolutely huge for the Irish as well as every weekend really after that. So. All the spring ball coverage, spring recruiting, it's definitely going to be the place to be over at blueandgold.com. Very good. He is Mike Singer, the Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Enjoyed the visit, and I guess when we talk next week, we'll be one day away from the start of spring practice, so we'll talk about defensive players to watch out for that are early enrollees. So I look forward to that, and have a good week. All right, sounds good. Thank you, Darren. That's Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider. Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. More sports speed coming up next on WSBT. Hey, everyone. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 